Want to know why we think Justin Herbert should be drafted over Joe Burrow? And should he consider taking Jordan Love over Aaron Rodgers? We break it down next as we give you our 2023 quarterback rankings only on Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about fantasy and the NFL for SportingNews.com. Hi, and I'm Michelle Maduk. I'm a researcher for NFL Network and fantasy analyst for NFL.com. All right, Michelle, this is an exciting day because it's the rankings day. It kicks off rankings week here on Locked on Fantasy Football. That means we're going to look at our quarterback rankings here. Now, Michelle and I have both compiled our own top 30 here. There's a lot of crossover, but some things we disagree upon as well. So some things to uh, put into your composite there as you're building your cheat sheet and draft board here for quarterback in 2023. So good stuff all around here. And we'll get into obviously the other positions as well, running back wide receiver, but quarterback is a good place to start as we break down the top 30. Now quickly run down what we have in our rankings right now. And we'll do the top 10 first here in our first segment. Michelle has uh, Josh Allen, one Jalen hurts, two Patrick Mahomes, three Justin Herbert, four, Justin Fields, a back-to-back Justins. He's at number five. Lamar Jackson, six. Joe Burrow, seven. Dak Prescott, eight. Trevor Lawrence, nine. And Deshaun Watson rounds out the top ten. Now, mine are very similar. The top three are the same, just in a little bit different order. Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen. Then I have Lamar Jackson at four. Then the Justins, but in different order. Justin Fields, Justin Herbert. Then Joe Burrow, also at seven. I have Trevor Lawrence, one spot up at eight. Then Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott round out my top 10. So, Michelle, there's some disagreements there. I I think let's just quickly start with the top tier here, right, with Patrick Mahomes, the Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen tier. They've been separated here. I think it's really close between all three of these guys. Mahomes had the best overall fantasy value last year. Jalen Hurts' uh, average points per game was the highest. And then you look at Josh Allen over the last three years, he's been the best of this group. So, how do we break this down, and is there really too much of a difference here? Is it just personal preference between the big three? It's so much personal preference, right? Like, you're never going to get mad at someone if they have Patrick Mahomes, number one, or if they have Jalen Hurts, number one, or, like, even if you wanted to get crazy and put a guy like Lamar Jackson. Like, there's a reason for many of these guys could finish as number one, right? My thing yeah. is I think the safest guy with the most upside is clearly Josh Allen so he's going to be my quarterback one and I would if I had to take a quarterback early I'm taking Josh Allen a hundred out of a hundred times he finished as the quarterback one in 2020 the quarterback one in 2021 and then the quarterback two last season I mean and that was with him not having an elbow for the second half of the year right and he was on a pace to destroy the league in the first half of the year before that injury averaging 27 points per game Josh Allen still has his same weapons, even got more here in the draft. So I'm on the Josh Allen train more than Patrick Mahomes just because I like his weapons better. And he has he just scores more with his uh, legs than Mahomes does. Mahomes is great. But even this last year with how great he was winning MVP quarterback three in fantasy points per game scored still amazing. But he was behind Allen and Hurts in uh 
per game basis. Yeah, I think the one reason I have Patrick Mahomes is because I think he both has the highest floor and the highest ceiling of this trio. Now, I think Jalen Hurts would have the highest floor just because of his running and ability to do that. Josh Allen would have the highest ceiling because of his running and his weapons downfield. But Patrick Mahomes is safe, but he could also be spectacular, right? I think you're looking at a guy that is going to at least finish in the top three and live up to this, right? We expect that. We have him in the top three ranked, however you look at it. I also think he could finish one like he did last year, and it's not a surprise. I think there's just less volatility where I look at Hertz and Allen. They're running quarterbacks. Hertz, we know, missed time last year, so that's something we have to consider late in the year. It was not a good spot to do that with Gardner Minshew coming in when you needed him most down the stretch and Josh Allen look I love Josh Allen and the numbers are pretty consistent but there are a little bit of question marks with that Bills offense that we haven't had before I'm not saying there's a lot I do like the weapons quite a bit but it's just hard for me to say I'm putting someone over Mahomes it's just really hard and look every time we doubt Mahomes and question Mahomes he comes out and rips us to shreds so I mean he's going to be amazing right I think you can't go wrong with any of these guys but you have to be careful don't overdraft them maybe look at him in the third round that's where I would target all three of these guys don't get one of these guys at the end of the first round you just don't need to do that there's a lot of quarterback value and that's the bottom line is target whoever you want but don't do it too early in the draft yes I agree. Um, Going on to our, you know, in the middle of this list here, you and I have, I mean, obviously we both think they're going to have good seasons, right? But we kind of have them flip-flop. So you have Lamar Jackson at four. I have Justin Herbert at four. While I have Lamar Jackson at six, you have Herbert at six. So I kind of want to know here what's your thought process between Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert. I do think Lamar Jackson has obviously proven that he has been the better fantasy scorer than Justin Herbert so far. But why do you feel so confident with him moving into this season? Well, I think uh, you look at, two guys ranked ahead of Justin Herbert, right? Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, they have something in common. They're the cheat code running quarterbacks, right? I just think they have that where Justin Herbert doesn't seem to be too interested in taking off and running and putting those in the numbers. I mean, that's the one concern I have with him that he's not going to pad his stats that way, but I can also see him having a Mahomes like year, right? And doing it with 5,000 yards passing and pushing 40 touchdowns. I could see him getting it done that way, but I think Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, the running is not going to go away. And we expect the passing to improve on both counts, right? You look at Lamar Jackson, this offense with Todd Munkin should be better just with Rashad Bateman back. He had great connection with him when healthy last year. You've got uh, now Zay Flowers and Odo Beckham Jr. and Nelson Aguilar. And Isaiah Likely will probably be a bigger factor behind Mark Andrews. So more passing weapons. There's some shades of uh, his MVP potential there. So I think that's why I like Lamar Jackson quite a bit because the running is going to go pretty high. And we told you that when you look at the average scoring, he was a QB five last year. So right there in the range. And then Justin Fields, look, I don't want to overhype what I saw in the first Bears preseason game. He literally threw two short passes to DJ Moore and Khalil Herbert. They did the rest of the work the entire way. But that also says this offense is more explosive, right? There are some weapons who can – make a big difference here. And uh, DJ Moore is going to be one of them. And I love the chemistry so far. And Look, when you have that number one receiver and you've talked about it, Michelle, like the AJ Brown effect and the Stefan Diggs effect, I think that's in play here. So there's a lot of that with Justin Fields where I think Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields have the potential to end up as a QB one overall. Justin Herbert, I think can get almost there, but I do like those guys. So that's how I kind of look at it, right? That's how I've looked at the top five here. 
they're an order really of guys who I think could be the QB one overall in scoring. And then Justin Herbert is maybe QB one a maybe QB two. I, I think his ceiling might be there only because the running is not there. And Mahomes even showed you quite a bit of effective running last year that we haven't quite seen out of Herbert, even though he's a plus athlete and that could change a little bit more with Kellen Moore. Yeah. I think my biggest worry with Lamar Jackson, I, I know like when he's healthy, he scores points. I think everyone's super excited about the change of offensive coordinator to Todd Munkin from Greg Roman. I I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but we don't know it's a good thing yet. I mean, everyone's yeah. like, Oh my God, he's going to be passing more. He's gonna be passing more. Is that good for fantasy for him? I don't, I don't know. I don't think so. The reason why he's such a great fantasy scorer and so consistent, right? Where he has such a safe floor from week to week is because of how much they run the ball. If he starts throwing more often, I mean, we we saw many quarterbacks under Todd Munkin now throw a ton of interceptions. So that would kill his yeah. fantasy value. And then also, I just don't love his weapons as much as everyone else does. OBJ, is he going to be fully back? Rashad Bateman can't stay healthy. We'll see if Zay Flowers can be an impressive rookie. Mark Andrews is, of course, great. There's just a, there's just more things there that worry me than with Herbert or Fields right now. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, it really depends on the running, right? This is why I have these guys up there based on the running. Now, if the running gets curbed a little bit and Herbert makes up some of that difference, then, yeah, I think Justin Herbert will finish ahead of these guys. But the bottom line is this is why I said don't draft one of those quarterbacks before the third round because there's so much good value in the second tier. Yeah. And including uh, the next guy, Michelle, we do have to address the Joe in the room, and it's Joe Burrow that we both have at number seven. Now, part of it, I think we're both concerned about the injury, right? I would say that it's safe to say that. And two, again, he doesn't offer necessarily the dedicated running of these other guys. And I think the Bengals and the way they're going to be competitive, so maybe some rough games in the – AFC North, I think there's some pretty good defenses there where I think Justin Herbert's going to attack some of these weaker defenses and maybe be in a few more shootouts in the AFC West play and all that. So that's how I'm looking at it with Joe Burrow. I think the Bengals, in a way, are too good for Joe Burrow. Uh, yeah. I think they're a complete team that is going to maybe curb his uh, passing a little bit. I think you can still see him pushing for 4,500 to 5,000 yards, but I just don't think necessarily – he has the high ceiling and that's where I'm going with. And I think Joe Burrow, I feel very confident that he'll finish at seven. I'm not so confident that he'll finish higher than seven. Yeah. I'm right with you there. I think he has two, it's too inconsistent with him because like you said, the team is so good at scoring in so many different ways. And I just think his, his ADP right now is a bit too high for me. He's great, but I have him at seven. And then the round out here, it turns out we've had a lot of discussions about Trevor Lawrence and Dak Prescott over the last month. It turns out we're pretty equal on them, yeah. right? Like I have Dak at eight, you have him at 10, you have Trevor Lawrence at eight, I have him at nine. They're kind of in that same tier for us. I do trust Dak a bit more. Um, yeah. I do. And I also will, you know, just admit Trevor Lawrence has upside. I'm just a bit yeah. more worried about what his floor might look like. But you have Kirk Cousins at nine. You're really high on him this year, I, I think. From I know he always scores around like quarterback 12, but you you think he even has like a ceiling type year this year for him. Yeah, we talked about him being a career year candidate. Again, I see the Vikings throwing a ton here. I, I just don't trust this actually running game that much. I do like Alexander Madison as a volume-based RB2, but I'm not quite sure as much on that with Ty Chandler looking pretty good and maybe some depth, and we have Dwayne McBride as well. So I'm a little bit concerned there that this team is going to have a struggle in the running game. They actually weren't all that efficient running last year. It was kind of eh. 
they had the numbers because of volume for Cook and Madison, but it wasn't all that impressive in terms of the production. So I think Kevin O'Connell is going to look at that. He's going to say Jordan Addison looks good. We got Osborne is pretty good as well on the outside. Hawkinson, let's just let this thing rip. And I think that's what's going to happen. And I think also the Vikings defense stinks. And you're going to yes, have maybe a lot of points here where they're going to be trailing in the second half. You look at Justin Fields and you look at Jared Goff and even the Packers right now without Aaron Rodgers. Those are dangerous offenses that can light it up. So we thought this was a black and blue division. Michelle, it actually could be a lighted up division quite a bit. And that's what I'm looking at here with Kirk Cousins. I think he's just going to throw a ton Look, is he a better reality quarterback than any of these guys around him? No. But we know that, right? Kirk Cousins is going – if he throws and throws some more, he's going to put up the numbers, uh, and that's been proven here so far. So far, so that's why I have him there. Again, I see him and Dak Prescott in that same boat, a pretty high floor at the bottom when I'm looking uh, beyond those early quarterbacks. If I wait, I'm then uh, pivoting maybe from ceiling the floor. Yeah, and we're going to get into those uh, next – group of guys here, quarterbacks 11 through 20. You're pretty high on Jordan Love. Can't wait to hear the explanation from you. And you believe that Geno Smith will uh, hold on to a strong start there with the Seahawks. But before we get into all of that, August is here, and you know what that means. The official start of Fantasy Football Drafting Month. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball and underdog fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every week. Try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania Tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger, with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted their team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code LOCKEDON to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code LOCKEDON. All right, Vinny. We, we got some talking to do here because in, in this group, we have very different rankings in this group. If you want to run them down before we get into our debates. Yeah, we'll do that. I mean, yeah, this will be helpful, I think, for you guys. I mean, I'll talk about the disparity here right away. So Michelle has Russell Wilson 11. I have him at 16. She has Aaron Rodgers at 12. I have him at 17. She's had Daniel Jones at 13. Not too much difference here. I have him at 11. Kirk Cousins, my guy, down to 14 here. Two of about the same, 15 for Michelle, 14 for me. Sam Howell, the surprise there for Michelle. We'll talk about him, I'm sure, at 16. Anthony Richardson, 17 and 19, pretty even there. Jared Goff, I have at 15. Michelle is at 18. Geno Smith, I have all the way up to 13. She has him down at 19. Then Kenny Pickett, we agree on Kenny Pickett, your guy in Pittsburgh at 20. So at least we agree on Kenny Pickett, Michelle. We got one the same. (laughs) Let's talk about... uh, some of these uh, differences here. Let's start with the big names here that uh, were disappointing last year, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Yeah, so with Russell Wilson, uh, I will say, I did move him down a couple. I had Russell Wilson even higher. And after that preseason game, it's it's kind of crazy to take so much into that. But like he played for a long chunk of time, and it kind of looked like last year Russell Wilson. So, you know, so much of my Russell Wilson takes about him getting better is about Sean Payton making Russell Wilson and this whole offense perform in a better manner. Now, I will say at the end of last year, Russell Wilson did start to come along, right? He scored over 24 fantasy points in three of the last four games. 
eight of his 16 total passing touchdowns came in those last four games. So he did start to kind of look like his old self at the end of last year. And I think he has the weapons and I think the coach will figure it out. So I still am not going to move him down too far after that kind of scary preseason performance. Uh, But I just think he comes back to life. And then with Aaron Rodgers, he's been a great fantasy quarterback. I mean, in 2020, in 2021, obviously he won MVP and he was a very solid fantasy quarterback during that time. Obviously last year that all went downhill. He lost Devontae Adams and didn't really have any great weapons. No, not even close to a true ride receiver one on a team. But now I think getting Garrett Wilson is his Devontae Adams. Like I think he's going to perform so great with him. And then he has the other weapons to go around with it as well. I think we're going to see a lot of touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers this year. Not an MVP type performance. That's why I don't have him higher than 12. But I, I think 12 is a very fair spot for him. 17 is real low, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm looking at the these two guys, and maybe it's a part of just the bitter taste in my mouth from uh, yeah. <laughs> what they did last year in different situations, obviously, and kind of a crossover, Nathaniel Hackett. One loses him and one gains him. So it's interesting uh, to compare those two things. But I think with Wilson, I like him, but it's just hard for me to justify putting a, him ahead in terms of scoring of a lot of the guys that I have before because I think the Broncos are going to be an effective running team Look, Russ Wilson, I think also I'm a little bit concerned that, look, he's gotten older and he's uh, kind of had some diminished returns. I look at the last year in Seattle, if uh, that's the best he's got right now, I'm not sure. But I still think he can have a path to numbers. I just don't think they're something I want to invest in too much here. I think in the middle of the pack, if you really wait or you're looking at Superflex, yeah, I'm okay with Russell Wilson. But I, I'm not sure, you know one start QB league. I'm targeting him too much. And Aaron Rodgers, look, uh, the Jets defense, I mean, they just pitched a shutout. I know it was preseason, but man, I don't think they held back at all. Like they just came after Bryce Young, smacked him around uh, like a pinata. And then we're like, Hey, we're not going to give up any points in the preseason. We don't care who you're putting in this game. Are yeah. your backups? They're not going to let, and this was the backups, right? For the most part doing the damage here. They didn't have Quinn and Williams out there destroying people either. So I'm a little concerned that the Jets are just not going to need to throw a lot. They're going to win a lot of games, maybe by scores of 20 to 10 or something like that. And, they're, and their schedule's easy. So there's some really bad teams on their schedule that they're going to whack, and then Aaron Rodgers is going to be sitting on the sideline in the fourth quarter. So I, that's my only concern there with him. Now, with Geno Smith, I don't think, again, the Seahawks defense is in that level, of course. And – I look at the variables, like, right, we want to look at unknowns versus what's known. I know a lot about the Seahawks, right? I know what they have with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I know Shane Waldron and his play calling was very good. I think Geno Smith was a better fit for that scheme, even with his mobility, which he offered a little bit, right? Put up some numbers on the ground that way. And now he gets Jackson Smith and the Jigba, and they're going to say, look, we got three receivers. Let's go to work. And JSN has looked really good here. So you get three legitimate weapons, a defense that's not initially dominating, a running game that's up and down based on the health of their backs. And then situations prominent, right? So I look at, has anything really changed here for the worse? So it's kind of like Kirk Cousins, right? If anything changed here for the worse on this team to say that I can downgrade him, except for the fact that maybe some other people will rebound and pass him up the rankings. No, but I just feel a little bit safe for, again, Geno Smith, a little bit of floor here. And I'm not sure that uh, Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers, to me, have that ceiling to counteract Geno Smith. 
So that's my thing with Geno Smith. I, I definitely his ranking for me at 19. He's likely going to finish ahead of that, right? Like he has yeah. all the weapons he needs. He has too good of weapons not to. I am scared though. He comes back down to life a little bit. We saw it towards the end of the year. He was he started on fire, right? And at the towards the end of the year, over the last four games, five touchdowns with three interceptions over those four games at 15 points, 12 points, 17 points, 14 fantasy points over that time. And that's what I'm scared Geno Smith is going to turn back into his old self, but he does yeah. have all the weapons he needs. So I don't think it's going to be terrible. I just don't think he has that super high of a ceiling to like take yeah. on that floor. And he scored 30 touchdowns last year. I just don't see him doing that again, 30 passing touchdowns. He scored. It's hard for me to envision Geno Smith, going back to back with 30 passing touchdowns. Maybe I'm just being biased because of the old Geno Smith. I have a hard time drafting him. Like I said, yeah. his, his ranking for me is probably too low, but I'm okay missing out on Geno Smith this year. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think, I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily targeting him, but I would feel a little bit safer. I would maybe go after another quarterback, a young quarterback with upside a little bit later in the draft. And that's why, how I kind of do it, right? If I have one of these safe veterans, I'll go after someone else later in drafts. Now, I'll bring up uh, something here that's interesting on my rankings. Uh, you don't have Jordan Love in the top 20. I do, right behind Aaron Rodgers uh, in a twist of fate here. So I do like Jordan Love, and here's why. I think the weapons are being underrated. I know they're youthful here in Green Bay, but look at Christian Watson. Jaden Reed has been spectacular so far. Luke Musgrave has been there. I think this young offense is going to do well, and we know that Matt LaFleur knows what he's doing, and he's got these guys. The offensive line is a plus. That's going to be big for him with David Bakhtiari back, and then you have the running game. That's always going to set up things for the quarterback, whether it's a – the deep ball and uh, have play action and be able to do that or the supplemental running, right? That Jordan Love is a pretty good athlete and you got to worry about these guys in the backfield. Maybe you'll see some sets where they're both in there with Jones and Dylan. So I do think this is a pure system play because I looked at Sean Clifford and I said, wait, he's just doing some of the things that I've seen before. I'm not saying he's Aaron Rodgers in this offense either, but like, John Clifford and Jordan Love just seem the system is just very superior. And that's what you have to think about a lot in fantasy football. And with Gino, I think it's a system, right, that I really like here that is in place. And you like Russell Wilson because the system is just better, right? So sometimes you have to think about the system and the coaching. And look, Jordan Love, talent is the number one thing you're going to consider. He does have talent. I think it's a little bit boom or bust. So I think you're going to see a lot of volatility with his ranking. This year, not only in fantasy, but reality. I think some people think he's going to come in there, lead the Packers to the playoffs. Some people think he's going to fall flat, and they're going to draft a quarterback next year. So I think this is just going to be the nature of Jordan Love here all around in 2023. I think it scares me that Aaron Rodgers, with pretty much all these same weapons, besides a rookie tight end and a rookie, you know, Jaden Reed, um, like he couldn't do anything last year with Matt LaFleur, the same coach and the same system. So I don't really know if Jordan Love is going to come in and uh, be fantastic. I have a hard time buying into that one. So, uh, I, yeah, I'm just not. He just has to be QB 18. It doesn't need to be fantastic. That's true. You don't, <laughs> you don't have him very high. So you're pretty yeah. much saying like Jordan Love wouldn't be a guy you're drafting, though, in one quarterback leagues, right? I'm not pushing it because, again, I think I've made it pretty clear that I want one of those elite guys. Like, I want to yeah. stop maybe if we go back. Like, I think I want to target Justin Herbert, 
and Trevor Lawrence as much as possible. I'm going to have probably one of them on most of my teams here. That's just my philosophy here. I think that's the just right phase, right, of where you're going to after quarterbacks because you might pay too high of a price to get the big three. I don't know if I want to go too deep, but I would look at Jordan Love as a backup, right, and someone that has some upside if one of my guys gets hurt or if I have Lamar Jackson, right, and a guy that's had some durability issues or you would look at someone else, Dak has had some issues. So you might say this is a good backup for Dak that I'm going to target here. So I think that's how I look at it. And look, you just want to draft as many guys with upside period, right? Even if you've got a pretty good starting group, you're going to look for backups. So, and I think two QB leagues. Yeah, absolutely. I think I would make him a higher priority because I think he's going to be undervalued. You could look at him in the best ball as well. If you're loading your team to other positions. So that's what I would uh, consider with Jordan love, but yeah, I just like to stash some good quarterbacks. It's really tough if you're in a 10 team league to do that, but I found them valuable in 12 and 14 team leagues to have a good backup and just maybe check out the bye week and certain things that might be in that quarterback's favor if your starter's off. Yeah, and we'll get into those backups or guys that you can start to look at as your quarterback too in our last segment here. And I definitely want to hear why you hate Sam Howell so much. We're going to definitely get into that. Football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long because right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. If you're a Steelers fan like me and believe they'll outperform expectations, you can take advantage of their plus 4,500 odds to win Super Bowl 58 on FanDuel. You would then receive bonus bets for every Steelers victory during the season. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. All right, there's some interesting quarterbacks here in our bottom 10. Again, we agree perfectly on Bryce Young at number 21. We, we got, or sorry, it was Brock yeah. Purdy, 21 and 22. Bryce Young, you are a little bit higher than me. You have him at 21. I am at 26. Um, do you want to go down the rest of our rankings here and what we agree with and don't agree with? Yeah, um, I, I'll start with, yeah, Brock Purdy, pretty even 21 for Michelle, 22 for me. Jordan Love, that's where Michelle has him at 22. I've got Purdy at 22, Bryce Young at 21. Kyler Murray, Michelle has him up at 23. Not too much difference. I have him at 25. Derek Carr, 24 for Michelle, 23 for me. Ryan Tannehill, uh, you know, about the same. We're not that interested, but 25 for Michelle, 26 for me. We look at Matthew Stafford at 27. We agree on Matthew Stafford. And uh, going down, uh, I have uh, C.J. Stroud at 29. Michelle has him at 28. Mac Jones at 29 for Michelle. 30 for Mac Jones. So we agree on most of these guys. The difference here is I have Sam Howell at 24. So I still have him, I think, higher than the markets here. And Michelle has uh, Jimmy Garoppolo at 30, where I have Desmond Ritter at 28. So let's talk about uh, where we are with that. And uh, let's, uh, you know, let's start with uh, Sam Howell. I don't hate him. I do like him more than others. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you talk about uh, Sam Howell. Talk him up like I did Jordan Love here. Sell him. Yeah, it all just comes down to his mobility and his weapons and the offensive system. He will like we don't. I guess we haven't really got to see yet, right? What Eric Bieniemy's system will be outside of Kansas City. But I do trust that he's a good offensive play caller, and I'm really excited to see what he can do with a different quarterback besides Patrick Mahomes. But the fact that Sam Howell has such a big arm and he's able, we we saw it instantly in his first start, and he's accurate. Like. It, it, there is no issues with accuracy with him and his mobility 
is there where he can put up 400, 500 rushing yards in a season, plus get some rushing touchdowns. And I just really love his wide receivers that he has. Uh, I just, I don't think the commanders are the best defense in the world. They're, they're not terrible, but not great. So and they're, they're in a tough division that they're going to have to keep up and score a lot of points. And I, I just really like Sam Hall this year. Like I'm open to drafting him in one quarterback leagues. If, and, and starting him pretty soon here, obviously like week one, he has a great matchup against the Cardinals. I'm willing to throw him in there. It might be crazy, but if you wait for so long on your quarterback, I do think Sam Howell offers you great upside that a lot of these other guys like Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff just don't offer. And I'd rather take the big swing. Yeah, I agree with you totally. I mean, everything is lining up here for a payday. I, I've seen Sam Howell though, like as an afterthought, like a 31st and 32nd. Like, I think that's just a little bit, uh, I wouldn't call it lazy, but maybe not considering all the weapons and things he has. And maybe look, I think just Sam Howell, there's just not a lot on him, right? There's not much buzz nationally about Sam Howell. So I think that plays into the fantasy rankings at some point. But look, he just has to put up numbers. And there's been some numbers put up in this offense in different uh, ways before. We know that. And uh, last year, even uh, Taylor Heineke put up some numbers when he needed him in a certain game. So look, it's a different offense. We get it. But the situation is favorable, right? When you have two receivers of that caliber, Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. So the situation is great. So it's more about you believe in the talent of the player shining through. And he is a talented player. I mean, North Carolina, he's a very good dual threat quarterback, but is it going to come to fruition? Is he going to keep a Jacoby Brissett on the bench? Those are the only things I'm worried about in the longer term. How he looked impressive in the preseason opener. He looked good. Yeah, he looked great. So let's hope that he keeps it up. I'm just a little bit concerned that the commanders might be, okay, he's not the guy. We're cutting bait. bait. Let's just finish the season with Brissett, and then he's okay. But I think the upside is there, and that's my only really concern with uh, Sam Howell. Like, again, I, I like the talent. Is it all going to work out? They're a little bit nervous about that, but I, I think there's a potential there. Now, now another player that uh, we're kind of lukewarm on instead, here's Kyler Murray. And, uh, look – if he comes back healthy, maybe there's some things we like about him. If he can get back to running, right? That was the thing last year. He didn't want to run. He wanted to be known as a pocket passer. Great. But that's not great for your team in reality because that's a great skill set you have to try to win games. Or it's not great for fantasy. We want the running. This is why we took you a couple of years ago and you surprised, right? I mean, I don't know what to think about Kyler Murray. It's also kind of annoying that he thinks he's better than he is and it's doesn't show up and play like i, I don't know and i also <laughs> you have strong feelings like about kyler murray yeah we i mean if michael wilson is being talked up as maybe your best receiver that isn't marquise brown then you know you got some problems here yeah and i mean obviously if kyler murray is back from his injury in the first four weeks or something like that he's going to be a steal where he's going right now i mean you can draft him in like the 13th round and obviously Kyler Murray is going to be if he plays he he's going to be a top 12 quarterback like easily so he would be a steal then it's just you don't know if he's going to come back and it's hard to keep a guy on your bench or I guess if you have an IR spot for that long when we don't have any information uh is there anyone out of this group here that you think has the best bet to really break out and become a top 10 quarterback besides Kyler Murray, besides Sam Howell uh, out of this group here that you think maybe could be a sneaky pick. Yeah, I'm going with Desmond Ritter. I can say that I'm not all that excited about it, 
the excitement in my voice is just there. But Marcus Mariota had some actually good fantasy games last year, and part of it was with his legs, right? And that's what I'm counting on for Ritter. I mean, we talked about this early. A lot of those quarterbacks at the top, they separate because they're legs and what they're going to do there. And we talked about Kenny Pickett having some of that mobility. That's why we had him, I think, at 20, because we think that could move him up a little bit with his production. Now, Desmond Ritter figures to run. I think he could run for 600 yards. I think there's that potential in this offense. So there's that. I mean, then you just have to get some decent passing. And the weapons are not bad, right? He's got Drake London. He's got Kyle Pitts. He doesn't have to light it up. If he can get, like, 19 to 20 touchdowns, get some – Rushing yards here, I think you're in business with Desmond Ritter, at least as a higher end, uh, looking at him as a QB2 even. I mean, right now he's going well into the QB3. So I think if you get top 24 out of Desmond Ritter, he's already ahead of what you're looking at and maybe a valuable streamer if you're playing that game for a week or two. I, I just, yeah, I see some of the upside where the Falcons wouldn't just turn the offense to him and again i think he's a good fit for the offense and mariota was the fit for this offense i think ritter very similar skill set but more upside as the other qb yeah i i I can see that uh definitely as long as Bijan doesn't steal the touchdowns one guy i think we might be overlooking a lot just as a whole fantasy community is ryan Tannehill, just because of how bad the whole season went last year with the titans but i mean he was a quarterback seven just in 2020 like that's just a couple years ago he was a quarterback 12 in 2021 and now he gets DeAndre Hopkins, who's that's a pretty big deal. That helps quarterbacks a lot. We saw how much it helped Kyler Murray in fantasy points instantly. Uh, and then Traylon Burks is entering his second season. He has Chig Aconquo. Like he has weapons, and we know he can also, he has some mobility as well. He can get some rushing touchdowns. I'm not going to be shocked at all if he's quarterback 10 to 12 this year. And you can, especially in two quarterback leagues, if you can grab him really super yeah. late as your quarterback two or quarterback three depth, he, he could be a guy that's going way too low in this year's draft. Yeah. I think he's just not exciting anymore. Right. Like yeah. I think they're like sitting on Will Levis and when is that going to happen? I just don't think people are high on the Titans in general. Their offensive line looks atrocious, by the way. They had four sacks each on Malik Willis and Will Levis. I mean, eight yeah, that sacks. Is a worry. And then they have a suspension up there. So I don't know what you're going to get, and I, I don't know. I think the Titans offense is one that is fading, and I don't want to invest too much in it in fantasy. I think I would go with a Conquo because they might need to throw to him a lot because downfield uh, may not happen as much with this uh, pass rush against this offensive line. So I get you on Tannehill. He's just not, I just don't think he's exciting. And that's why we look, he was the hardest one to rank. I just said, let's yeah. just drop him somewhere here. This is good. <laughs> like 26. <laughs> that's all I did. Right. I, I don't know if that was your process, but Ryan Tannehill looks good right about here. And that's where I put him in. So look, uh, he's been valuable for me. I've had him in these years that he's surprised. I even had him in one year in Miami where he was very effective. So I, I like Brian Tannehill, but I think, again, they're ready to turn the page, and maybe we should, too, in fantasy. Yeah, sometimes you just hold on hope to these veterans for too long, and it's just it's all done for them. So I could see it going both ways with Tannehill. For sure. And uh, this was our quarterback rankings. We're just getting started here. We got one through 30 today. We will uh, get to our running backs tomorrow. So exciting to break those down for you. So every day, thanks so much for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We'll do that with running backs. Uh, We're Locked On Fantasy Football, your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player league, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.